Good music time today, Joey. Enjoyed it very much. We were talking about really, I really, uh, I'm not going to limit us to, of course, by calendars, man's calendars. We don't, we don't do that. We live in the sacred year of God and seven months, but, you know, we are bound somewhat to a calendar. I mean, by the 15th of April, you better pay your taxes, you know what I'm saying? So everybody else does something, and we live in that realm. But I know that there is something that Yahweh has put in my heart, and I want to say to you today that uh, it's going to be probably one of the biggest things that we've ever experienced and gone through. And y'all know we've been through experience a lot. Coming into this place that Yahweh's put in my heart for us, it's for all those that he's called. Remember, he's called, many are called, but he's only going to choose a, a few. But I want you to say this with me today. I want you to say, I am here to learn. I think everybody say it. Yeah, I am capable of learning. You know, a lot of times when, I've, when I was teaching and I had to get into the specifics and because if I didn't prove my case beyond a shadow of a doubt, people will just take what they've heard of their life and secondhand book knowledge and just say, well, I just don't believe that. And there, I just don't believe that somehow trumped everything the Bible says. They can just say, well, I, was just, I didn't want to believe. I mean, you know, you can, want, you can believe anything. I want you to say this. My salvation depends on learning. I, mean, I got quieter on me. See, you know, let me tell you why. I'm going to stop right now. I'll tell you why. Because many of you in your core belief system still believe Jesus is, Jesus is God and he, he done come down here and paid it all for me. I want you to say, my salvation depends on learning. Thank you. I want you to say this. I have purpose. This house has purpose. And that purpose is to do this is to fill the earth with his glory by a generation of people, an ecclesia who will do his will and reflect his character. I'm going to say it again. The purpose is to fill this earth with God's glory by a generation of people, an ecclesia who will do his will and reflect his character. Now, one of my issues that I've struggled with all the time is because when I teach something, I feel like I have to go back and lay a foundation again for all these things that maybe we have learned and have to, you know, okay, I got to remind you of this. I got to remind you about this. Let's go back about this. And what about this? And I don't know if it's me or not, but I feel like the microphone's a little hot. Is it hot out there to y'all? I mean, is it too extra? It may just be my ears. So we have this time. It's called your life. And it's not very long. How many of you can say amen? As it seems like it was just yesterday. And we have this opportunity. And we don't have any other to make sure that we become a great ecclesia to the glory of God. And I want you to think about this. And I know it flies in the face of many people who listen to me. And that is the fact that. And the scriptural truth is this. Your well done will ultimately be determined by the success and your part that you have in an ecclesia being great. You making the ecclesia great. See, marriage, everybody thinks family. They worship family. Oh, my family. I got to do this for my family. Let me tell you something. You can't get your well done just being a good family man. 
You also have to be, because that is just a similitude and a microcosm of what ecclesia is supposed to be. I've had men tell me this before. Well, I'll tell you what, my wife and I, look, quit blaming your wife. Well, my, my, my children, I'm done. We're going to, you know, well, quit doing that. You will not get. You say, well, I can't get them to come with me. Come yourself. I don't want to just inspire people. And not today, I'm not going to try to inspire anybody. I'm not trying to my purpose to inspire. You know, I hear a lot of people preaching, and what they say is this. They say, well, we're trying to build your self-esteem. We're trying to build you, your, your personal image yourself. And I don't think we should be doing that with something that Yahweh says needs to die. Can y'all take that this morning? This sinful flesh needs to die, and it will die. I don't want to just encourage you today where you can leave here and, well, Johnny encouraged. Well, that was inspirational today, wasn't it, Joel? I'll tell you what, we left there feeling good. Well, I feel encouraged today. I don't want to do that. I don't want to even try to motivate you to do or be anything. But I can tell you this, I'm going to change your life and I'm, my desire is to change your life from the very core. Now, if you may notice or not, some of you know, I've been with him this week, or he's been with me. And I, I got a word that who knows how long it's going to last. But I got to tell you, you're going to get changed by this word in your very core. What I'm going to do for you is I'm going to deliver you from your cognitive lock-in. What I'm going to do is I'm going to deliver you once and for all out of your wilderness life. And that may take form in many things, but what I'm talking about wilderness life is this. You know, Joel prophesied it to us. He said, hey, the cloud's moving. I agree, totally, 100,000%. But what we're saying is don't follow that cloud. We're moving too. And what we're moving from is out of the wilderness again to an experience of coming and arriving and entering into the rest you have to come and get joined. You have to get established. You have to get rooted like a tree planted by the rivers of living water. Following the cloud, man, I'm going to tell you what happens. We live a life that we, as we follow that cloud in the wilderness, all he's doing is giving you, the, uh, trying, to, trying to get the slave nature out of you. Get the way that you think about him and things and know things. To, to get that out of you the, the, and build character in you. His kind of character. Now listen, listen this morning. And there's people, how many of you know that it, people who are in the wilderness following the cloud, okay, cloud's moving here, we got another word here, we got this. How many of you know you can spend your lifetime there? It took the Israelites 40 years to go 11-day journey. 40 years to go 11 days. And guess what they got content with? The lifestyle. I think I'm going to get me one of those stickers. Instead of salt life, I'm going to get wilderness life. Because guess what he does? What we like, you know what that is? He provides all of our needs in the wilderness. You can be stupid, dumb, crazy. You can be unbelieving. It don't matter. He just provides it for you anyhow. And we have got adjusted to the fact that that welfare system, spiritual system that we're walking in is just fine with us. We're happy because we got enough. And then if something happens... We go to God and we pray and, and we pray and fast and, and, and we just let the process work. We're walking around in that wilderness, man. I want new shoes. Ladies, help me. I don't want old shoes. I don't want my same old shoes to just grow with me. In fact, I've got some pants that I'm, I'm hoping I can wear again one day. I just ain't going to throw them away. How many of you know they're right there? Say, I see you, man. And I, it depresses me when I see them, but I ain't giving up on them. 
I got some of those John Daly loudmouth golf shorts, you know. Right there. <laughs> hallelujah. I've got purpose in life. I got a goal. Hallelujah. Walk around that wilderness, you know. Oh, I'll tell you what, God provides all my needs. I want to tell you something. The God that I'm serving, that, he's exceeding abundantly above all I could ask or think. And I'm happy with a, a manna being dropped off at the house. No disrespect. Meal on wheels. I'm not capable of out conquering and overcoming. So I'm sitting in that wilderness. Well, it ain't so bad, you know. He got a cloud over us in the daytime to keep us shady, and he got that fire by night to, to lead us so we can see. I'll tell you what I think following the clouds at this point in our life is going to do. All it is, you're just going to be walking around with a cloud over your head. Let me ever know what that means. I got a cloud over my head. Well, I know I'm in the wilderness here, and I'm believing God, and I guess I, I don't know if he's going to meet my needs again this day. I don't know. Oh, there he is. Yeah, he showed up again, gave me my manna. I don't know what's going to happen. Oh, there you are, my shoes. My, well, my shoes don't grow. Oh, they're going to grow. It's a continuous cycle walking around with that cloud over your head when God's called us to extreme power and overcoming. We're just happy. Well, we're just going to go to church and we come and then we just go to church and I'll give my tithe and all that. I do that and I get my manna when I get home. I get, you know, I got a good job. God blessed me there and I get some, you know, money for the extra money for this. And, and we're just so happy with that. And no, no. As Yahshua would say, come up hither. Come on over. And cross over the Jordan to get that double portion. I tell you how you can determine whether or not you are still following the cloud in the wilderness or not. Let me tell you how. Because you complain all the time. And everybody in that wilderness, guess what happened to them? They all died there. And guess why they died there? Because they murmured and complained. Wilderness people, I'm going to tell you, you get in there. And I don't blame you, man. It's like you just ain't happy with those shoes anymore. But you, you're not going to, you, you're going to stay there because it's comfortable. It's something you're used to. Hey, I know, look, oh, yeah, I did. Hey, look, there's that tree we came by last week. Oh, is that the same mountain we're going to go around again? I'm familiar with the path. Look, just follow me. I know the way I'd have been around it for 40 years. Man, you complain all the time. This is what, you can hear a wilderness person. Listen, I got it so tough. Now listen, I know people got tough things, but in America, when you, when you tell me you got it tough, you just need to go to a, somewhere else, you know, or just another neighborhood. Let me tell you what I'm going to do today. I'm going to deliver you from that cognitive lock you got. I'm going to do this today. I'm going to teach your old dog some new tricks. Hallelujah. Somebody say, glory to God, my old dog is going to learn some new tricks. Bow, wow. Roof. I'm going to show you how to move from the cloud to the hand. Y'all hear me? We're going to learn how to move from the cloud to the hand. From the cloud out of the wilderness to the hand. And it's going to take me a little bit of time. But I'm going to tell you the word, the word of God is what will change your life forever. We studied the Bible for years. And I'm going to tell you it's going to take me a little bit of time to get there. And what I'm going to do for all you backsliders, is I'm going to cut this message in half. Because I know y'all can't endure and, you know, the time I really need. So all backsliders, relax. You'll be okay. You lukewarm. I'm not going to get too hot for you today. Hey, hey y'all loosen up a little bit. My God, it's the season to be jolly. And yeah, y'all started it in October, but I've got to build this. You know, the prophet, 
He tears down, he uproots, and he destroys. Then he builds and plants. Somebody coming to your life, ripping your life up like this, and well, you watch your mama believe and those kind of things. That a real man of God will also plant, replant, and rebuild. So I'm going to give you some thoughts today. And many of us, I want to tell you, I know that it's still difficult, but I have spent hours and hours. I went back this week and I checked, well, did I really teach on this subject enough? My God. The subject of one God, there's three parts just in that one thing. Just in, I mean, there's plenty. Line upon line, precept upon precept, without a doubt. But bear with me this morning while I build my case. Because by our studying the Bible all these years, we know this. There's only one God. There's only one God. He's supreme in power. He's wisdom. There's only one uncreated one. Everything else was created. He's a God of righteousness. He's a good God because the name God came from the word good. Did you all know that? I'll tell you what he's not. He's not some plural, multi-theistic, heretical, pagan, mystical, philosophical Godhead. There is one God. One. And that's all I'm going to say this morning. If you really want to know the truth about what God really is, you're going to have to know that he's multitudinous, that he's not Trinity, that there's only one created one, and understand that God is multitudinous. And, we'll, and that's just a whole other story. Amen? Y'all know that already, though, don't you? You're confident about that. Good. James chapter 3, verse 9 says that, James said that he's a person. And the first way that he reveals himself to us is as a father. Remember I told you years ago, Yahweh said, you're, what did he say to me? You're, no, he's, what is it? Your, your perception of me is inaccurate because I had this, I'm, God, all I knew about him really was the father, father, and it was a big deal. And it's important to a lot of people because it ministers to their emotions and the deficits they have. And it's a beautiful thing to know God. But I found out God's, I want to show you who I really am. I'm not just a father. But the fact is, James says he is. And it's not, so it's not unreasonable for us to have a, an understanding to think of Yahweh in the form of us, a, not, you know, a being. The real sense of Yahweh's person, to me, is supported in Luke 1, 19, when Gabriel said he stands in the presence of not the human being person, but the being, the uncreated God. Right? He said this, the Bible says that Yahshua is at the right hand. Somebody told me one time, Yahshua's on the throne. I said, no, he ain't on the throne. He's on the right hand of the throne. There's only one on the throne. And if we were, and we can, I think, measure the bodily form, so to speak, of Yahweh, that he's a real being, he exists in the center of his universe, and he's attended by the, he's the will in the middle of the will. And I spent a lot of time teaching you about that. He exists, and he's attended by the Elohim. He is El, and they are the Elohim. John chapter 4, 24, Yeshua made it simple. This is what he said. God is spirit. I know this is, seems elementary, but don't assume because of what I'm saying today that don't, make sure you don't define it with what we've already mentally ascended because we, I use the term cognitive lock-in today. Let me tell you what cognitive lock-in is. It's so you, you have a product, and that product is inferior. It don't work, and I bring another one to you that works. You know what? You ain't going to change. You'll keep that same sorry product, and you won't keep it. That's, that's human. That's a human. That's a psychological term. 
And Dr. Phil would agree with me. So what is Yahweh? He's spirit. We can only know something of what is spirit by the manifestations of what it is. So the spirit of God, you know, he's not part of this triune trinity thing, you know, because we know there's only one God. Well, this is what people tell me. I mean, and I, I believed this all my life until I decided to study the Bible for myself, and I couldn't find it anywhere in there except 1 John 5, and it was in brackets, and I knew that the Roman church had put that in there in the 1500s. Great teachings on it. I don't have time to talk about it today. But this outflowing from God, it's a... It's the Spirit of God. It is the power of God. It's just a light that shines forth from a light bulb. The light is not a thing. It is the product of the thing. And it's how God is omnipresent. He is omnipresent by His presence, which is His Spirit. I love Psalm 139, verses 7 and 12. It says, Whither shall I go from thy presence? Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. In Genesis 1, 2, and 3, we see that his spirit, and by that spirit, that was the power that was used when he moved upon, when it moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light, and guess what? It happened. Job 34, verses 14 and 15. If he gathered in himself his spirit and his breath, all flesh shall perish together, and man shall turn again to his dust. It's just the whole message of immortality that we don't have it. We weren't born with it. It's only given to us. And when the spirit or the breath of God, that's ruach means breath. When that leaves us, the, the spirit of God that gives us and animates a dust, dirt carcass, when it leaves, we all go back to dust. How you think you're going to raise from the dead? Most people think they're already in heaven. Because they think they are having inherent divine spark of life. Just the Bible just don't even say that. Again, hours and hours and hours of teaching help prove that. Psalm 104.30, Thou sendest forth thy spirit. They are created, and thou renewest the face of the earth. The spirit of God, this, this power that emanates from God, it's who he is, it's how he does things, is many times called Holy Spirit. It operates to fulfill his spiritual purpose in creation. He has the Spirit of God that, that creates all things and gives life to all things. But it also says that the purpose of the Spirit of God is to bring life. And the life of God in men. And he does it like this. He's going to first do it morally. And then he's going to secondly do it physically. Because we have this death body, and we will turn into a spirit being at our judgment. You get a well done, you get immortality, you receive a spiritual body, flesh, not in blood. Blood won't be the life of the body, but the spirit of God will be. And then, if you don't get your well done, he'll say, depart from me, and you'll experience the second death. You'll go to the lake of fire, which is just a metaphor for, and if you read that scripture in Revelation, it says, which is the second death. So you, you do exactly what God promised in the book of Genesis and everywhere else in the Bible. In Romans, the wages of sin is death, and when you die, you shall be dead, and you're going to be dead, not alive. So then, he's operating, the Spirit of God is operating in man, and it's called the Holy Spirit. How many of you say, do it? Hallelujah, thank you. 
I think Irwin just scratched his head. I thought he was raising his hand. it. He's like, ooh. I was like, oh, well, somebody did. No, he's scratching his head. All divine activity is advancing the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to change men into and bring life, the life of God, or as we call it, God reproducing himself. It's God manifestation that first morally and then physically. And that is the very purpose. And that Holy Spirit is set apart for that purpose. And it's working toward us becoming what the Bible calls sanctification. The use and control of this power of the Holy Spirit that is effective to bring us to a place of changing morally first and then physically on that day is left and given into the hands of angels. Now, if y'all want to hear some great teaching on angels, I mean, how many series is it, y'all? Nine? Nine series on angels? It is beautiful because for you to get you well done, you're going to have to recognize and understand the job of angels angels because it is they have been given the the responsibility of and the control of the spirit of god to operate in our lives and in the nations of the world too psalm 104:4 you know the scripture they they are also what spirit that's what happens that's what we're going to become spirit god's spirit the angels are spirit we will become spirit he says in Psalm 104, who maketh his angels spirits and his ministers a flaming fire. So what are they doing? Psalm 103, 20 and 21. Bless the Lord, ye his angels, that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening to the voice of his word. Bless ye the Lord, all ye hosts, ye ministers of his, that do his pleasure. They carry out the purpose of God. Right now, all these angels are under control, the control of Yahshua, our big brother. Say big brother. Yeah, he's the first of a family of redeemed people. How are we going to get the will of God carried out on the earth? It's going to happen through the angels who have the power of the Holy Spirit under the direction of Yahweh, I mean of Yahshua, to fulfill God's will for you. There's your purpose. Somebody said, do you believe in predestination? No, I believe in foreknowledge. I believe God knows things ahead of it, but he don't predestine it to happen. He knows has foreknowledge. But I do believe in one predestination, that you and I have been predestined to be conformed to the image of what Yahshua is, who is the image of what God is, and that is spirit. Not ghost, not this floating around stuff. You saw what happened when Yahshua showed up after he went and presented himself in the Holy of Holies and got his well done from the Father. Do you hear what I just said? Yahshua presented himself at the, at the throne of God. And this is what he said, well done. These angels used the Holy Spirit in, I preached a message last year maybe called Providence. In the providential control of the lives of us, the world rulers, and nations. Okay, this is what's going to happen. Boom, 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 boom. We're going to move the nation that way. We're going to do the nation this way. Okay, what's going to happen? God's power. Now, so when we briefly today, I'm trying to give you a little overview before I get to where we're, we got to go. We consider what the Bible says about Yahweh with the Spirit of God, you know, the Holy Spirit. But I want to talk to you right now a little bit about, briefly, about Holy Spirit gift. I know, y'all, we, we've learned this as 60-fold stuff, you know. This is candlestick stuff. I want you to try to get neutral a minute 
And let's get beyond our mentality of how it works and how we achieve things. So there's a Greek word. It's kara. It's C-H-A-R-A. Kara is like where we got charisma. It's where people got charismatic from. You know, really the charismas. Well, anyhow, I don't want to go there. The Greek gift for gift is, is the word kara, which is akin to the word charisma. But most of the time, or a lot of the time, it's another Greek word. It's called D-O-R-E-A, Doria. It simply means this, a gift. In Acts chapter 2, verse 38, that word is used, and in all places throughout all the acts of the apostles for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, let me tell you what the gift of the Holy Spirit is. It is a gift, unlike a lot of gifts that humans give, that is given, transferred to another's possession without any price or any equivalent value being received in exchange. So this Doria, a gift that was given to the, the let's just talk about right now, the, the men on the, in the day of Pentecost, in the book of Acts. How many of you know that they certainly had a powerful gift? You know, I know guys right now, they're trying to be, well, we're going to be, we're going to have the power of the apostles and all that kind of stuff. And I said, well, you don't. That always bothered me. Because it, what it does, it makes you doubt that that even it was real. The gift of the Spirit of God was given to them. It's a, kind of a direct transfer that God had that's given via the angels to man. It's somebody totally different from who God is, and, or who maybe you are if you're going to give the gift in that sense. It's, it's given, and then it's received as a possession that you have. Yahweh has given, or might I say gifted, this Holy Spirit gift, His Holy Spirit power, and He's done it at certain times, listen close to me, to selected men. I was raised in Pentecost. Y'all know. Some of you remember. I was raised, you know, Pentecostal. We get, tongue, we get tongues, we got lay hands on, we got power of spirit falling down, all that. I, I, I'm not even going to judge all that. But I'll tell you what I found out. My denomination was notoriously uh, sexually sinful. I know that's all men and all that. But when you see people who we say come under the power of the Holy Ghost, you know, and I, I've told, I told people this. Look, wilderness is you get filled with the Spirit. But where I'm calling us to is that you walk in the Spirit. Have you seen that today? So on time. How many times do we get filled with the Spirit? We're going to go spilled again. We've got to have a revival. Let's have a revival. Have a revival. What to do? What? To motivate people, energize people, get them, get them full of the Spirit again. But guess what the wilderness experience does? You leak out. And before long, guess what? You're just around in the same place with the same trail of leaky oil that you've been, that old nasty old car you've been driving. You can follow you anywhere you go because you have leaked out from that power. And what I'm talking about is a place where you don't have to leak out anymore. Thank you. All one of us. Well, I'm trying to be one, right? This Holy Spirit gift, which God's purpose with men required at the time. In other words, God said, I'm going to do something. I'm going to gift these guys with the power to do it. And so in the, in the whole plan and purpose of God, you can, there's, there's three epic events in the Bible where this Holy Spirit gift is given to men. Now, i got to tell you, I am prepared for the crap I'm going to get for what I'm fixing to preach. But it's just the truth. 
If I'm wrong, prove it. If I'm wrong, show me some apostolic miracles. Nah, I didn't think so. I want you to understand some things because I think these are core things that cause us to doubt and have unbelief and fear because we're not sure. Well, if we don't have that, that didn't happen. Well, I guess I'm serving God again. I guess I'm God's, you know, God, there is not power. And I'm going to tell you, I have more people than, than not. And I'm not talking about just in this house who are always questioning if God really exists. Been in church for years. Is he really there? Is, he, is that really him? I think we should be beyond that. That's wilderness mentality. Once time was at the beginning of his work with his holy nation under Moses. Second is during the administration of the new covenant by the apostles after Yahshua rose from the dead. And the third has not happened yet. It's in the future when the holy nation of Israel is regenerated. Listen, people forget this is, you know, we, we've been invited into a Hebrew religion. Everybody think, well, the whole world, the, the end of the, the times of the Gentiles have ended. If they haven't, it, it almost has. We've just been invited in. But this is all about God and his holy nation. We've been invited to it for a season. But what he's going to do, he's going he's to regenerate. He's going to restore and enter a new covenant with Israel. And it's going to be the covenant he made from the beginning. He said, Adam, I'm going to give you eternal life. Abraham, I promise you the earth. And David, I promise you authority and rule the world. Those are the three covenants he made, which is the whole gospel message in a nutshell. The gospel message was preached all through the Old Testament. These times needed men who were under the empowerment and control. These faithful men that God appointed to do something, guess what he did? He gave them what he needed. they needed to get it done. And boy, did he ever. I've spent many of my years... Wanting Moses' power. But I ain't Moses. You hear me? It can make you covetous, man. Make you jealous, envious. You know, you're trying to do something. You find out, hey, hey, you know, that's why we're trying to get in our place. That's why we get to know, to be satisfied with our portion. What's your portion? That's you. This is it. Now go and be, do the powerful things that God that we're going to get into. And I'm going to show you how to do that. I showed you last week and taught you how to receive the anointing. You hear me? I say there's only one anointed. Now, Moses' time, Numbers 11, I want you to listen to what happened. He had this possession of this Holy Spirit gift in large measure. How many of you believe that? Moses was the Yahshua of his day, so to speak, really. I mean, he was the Redeemer. He was all those types and shadows of everything. But he had such trouble with those people looking in the wilderness. Now, if you have the gift and the power of God, it seems like you can do all things. Yeah, but it's hard to deal with people in the wilderness. Moses is like, he said, I'll tell you what I'll be willing to do. I'll be willing to give some of what my power, spiritual, Holy Spirit gift is. I'm willing to share it with some people who will help me. And so Yahweh said, okay, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. He took some of his spirit that he had upon Moses and he confirmed it on 70 suitable people or elders of the people. Are y'all seeing what I'm talking about? It flows down. Here's a scripture in Numbers 11, 24 and 25. It says, And Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord and gathered 70 men of the elders of the people and set them round about the tabernacle. And Yahweh came down in a cloud and spake unto him and took 
of the Spirit that was upon him and gave it unto the seventy elders. And it came to pass that when the Spirit rested upon them, they prophesied and did not cease. How did they get it? They got baptized into the cloud. They weren't following one. They got baptized into the cloud. And they received the anointing from the person who God had set over them in the administration of God's house in that nation. The Bible calls it the church in the wilderness or ecclesia in the wilderness. How do we know, man? How do they know they received the gift of the Holy Spirit? Now, i got to tell you this. I'm not boasting in this at all. This is, this is humbling to me, but the fact is the fact. I've brought some of y'all up. Some of you came and I laid hands on you, anointed you with oil. My wife told me, she said, I felt something that Sunday. And y'all, I don't, y'all know I don't, be, I don't measure things by feelings, but I sure do like to have them. I like to feel good. Anybody here like to feel good? I like to feel like people love me. I like, I like that good feelings, even though I know they'll lie to me. And she said, my, my wife told me this. And my wife. My wife lives with me every day. She knows me. She knows everything about me. I mean, she, I mean there's nothing hidden from her. And she said, I shook. When you anointed me with oil, I shook. Shaking. My brother said, I anointed him with oil. He couldn't even sleep one night. He, Yahweh kept him up all night. Little dab of oil. All night. And y'all saw what happened when he got up. I mean, he about to bust when he's preaching that message. Y'all hear? Yahweh has got a word. Y'all know how he is. I told him, I said, Joel, I've taught you if you'll listen to God during the daytime, he, you won't, he won't have to keep you up at night. If you would be honest, something shifted that morning. Not because I did it, but because I did it. Because that's the way that God operates. What did Moses say? Moses said, I'm going to take 70. I'm going to touch them. I'm going to daub them on the head. It's Aaron's, it's oil that flows down off, through Aaron's beard. Down to everybody. There it is. You've got to be in place. Here's 70. And guess what? That's what they did, Joey. They prophesied and did not cease. And prophesying is like he taught us that day. It ain't just saying, yea, I say unto you this day, thus saith the Lord, which that'd be fine too. But what it is, is prophesying to your circumstances. It's speaking the word of faith. It's declaring things. It's speaking to the mountain, telling it to be removed. That's what it's doing. I'll tell you what it ain't doing. Complaining. They got out and got baptized into the cloud. What happened? Moses passed away. Yahweh transferred the Holy Spirit to Joshua. Why? Because he was the next in line. You know, I, I don't think he had a daddy. He, they, they said he was Joshua, the son of Nun. I had to throw that in. But it was, he was, the Bible says in Deuteronomy 34.9. Will you put that up there? Deuteronomy 34.9. I want you to see this pattern that I'm talking about. And it's not just some figment of my imagination or it's not just some formula. It is the way of God for you to be empowered and overcome in your everyday walk and even thought life. And Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom. Watch. Why? For Moses had laid his hands on him. Well, that was Moses, Johnny. Moses was just a man, too. Do you understand? But he was doing the will of God. He, he allowed those angels to God, of God to put him in, the, and put him in his position of, that God had, and they anointed him, and the, the, the uh, anointing came from Yahshua the head to Moses, and Moses was able to give that down line, so to speak. Another group of people that also had the Holy Spirit gift at that time in Exodus 35, 31, 
There's these two guys of the tribe of Judah, and they got filled with the Spirit of God and wisdom and understanding and knowledge. Listen to this. Just go there. Uh, Exodus 35, 30, and 31. See, I, I think I want you to listen to what I'm fixing to say here. Moses said unto the children of Israel, See, the Lord hath called. That when it says the Lord, remember that's Yahweh. Y'all know that, right? They hid it from us, rascals. That those two guys of the tribe of Judah, next verse, and he hath filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom and in understanding and in knowledge. Now, watch this, y'all. And what else? Read it. In all manner of workmanship. Wow. The Spirit of God. See, I went to a vocational high school. Did y'all know that? Jordan Vocational High School. I've had auto shop. I've had um, welding, sheet metal, uh, small engine repair, electrical, wood shop. We had all of that, man. It was, it was Jordan Vocational High School. When you get filled with the Spirit of God, you have the propensity to know things that nobody else knows that you knows that's a trade and God will make you excel at what you do and some of you have already had a taste of that by getting promoted when you know you didn't deserve it aren't you glad for that somebody say glory to God goes on to talk about others in whom Yahweh put wisdom the building and furnishing of the tabernacle. If you remember, I, I've, I've taught on it. Every cap, every hook, every line, every thread. Every we did the whole thing years ago, man. And it was such an extensive task, and it's an intricate task. And they were in the wilderness. My God, there was no lows. That must have been heaven. I remember the day that Misty told me that she was with Bobby Girl years ago. She was about three years older, I guess, or something like that. And she was walking and. In Lowe's, and she said, Mommy, Poppy hates this bathroom store, and so do I. She said, Hallelujah. <laughs> They're out there in the middle of the wilderness, and the pattern that was given to them was so intricate. I mean, it was according to this pattern, and it must be done because it was a foreshadow of everything that Messiah was doing. So, here, what did they do? How did they do it? Did they go to college? Well, some of them could have and got their master's degree because they were wandering in the wilderness so long. But the fact of the matter is, the Spirit of God, the gift of the Spirit of God came upon them and was given to them, not just out of the blue, but handed down to them like the anointing comes down to them. And they begin to know and do things that they normally didn't have the ability to do. So this direct inworking of the Spirit of God that they received from the laying on of hands, from getting in their place, it closely parallels all that stuff at the beginning of a new era under the Old Covenant. And with the account of the guidance provided by the Spirit in the midst of the first century ecclesias, when they began, end of an old and the beginning of the new. In every case, all three that I'm going to try to talk about today before I get into how it works in the believer, every three, every one of them, there was a gifting of the Holy Spirit to meet the needs of what God wanted done. And it was super, super natural. And reading the Bible, it's apparent that that power of God was manifest through his chosen men in their wisdom and skill and the teaching and what they were able to do and how they did it. It was miraculous and only could be done by the power of a gift of God's power. 
Outside, there's other times in the Bible when the Holy Spirit was poured out on a number of people for special purposes. There was more or less a continuous gift of the Spirit. Few men who gave God's communications to people, there were prophets, and whether it's Enoch or Abraham or Moses or David or Isaiah or the later prophets, 2 Peter 1.21 says this, Holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. There's a, this gift. The prophets had their credentials from God. Some of them raised the dead. That's a pretty good credential. That's what I'm asking for. But I found this out. With the miracles I have seen, that's confirmed my calling. People who have to have a miracle have to have another one the next week. I know, I know he did that because we forget the miracles that God did. Every time I see Bethany, I know you are a miracle. I was there that day. You were a miracle. And I saw God do something that was miraculous. Miracle. Others of you. But we, sometimes we forget in the busyness of our now life, you know. I always have this thought. Almost, I don't know if you're always saying this to me or I'm just smart enough to just think it up myself by saying this. My God, Johnny, he's never failed you all these years. Why is he going to start failing you now? You need him more now than you need him back then. I'll tell you that much. Huh? There you go. Oh, my God. What's that? True? I don't need God to speak that to me. I can talk to myself. Short-term prophecies, predicting something, they come to pass. It was apparent. They got, you know, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to them. You don't know stuff. God, it's gift handled by those angels of God for those he's called to anointed to do what he wants them to do. Boom, he gives them all they need and a lot more to fulfill his will and the purpose. Say thank you, hallelujah, Yahweh. After the return from Babylon, there was a long silence. In Micah 3.6, Micah predicted, he said, the sun shall go down over the prophets and the day shall be dark over them. Well, we know that happened. They know nothing, couldn't prophesy nothing. The second epoch is this. It's the time of Yahshua and his apostles. It's the second time in these major events of this gift of the Holy Spirit. And it appears to me from all the years of studying that wonderful book that it was greater than it was in Moses' time. Can I tell you this? That's how God works. The latter shall be greater than the former. What you experienced 10 years ago, you shouldn't expect that God's going to, you're going to be, it's going to be greater for you in the future. Do you hear me? That's how it should be. Not wilderness people. Same old, same old, dull. It's just, you know, it's like another cow in the pasture chewing his cud. It's like they say, just another brick in the wall. It's just another day in polio. How's it? How'd you, how are you doing today? Uh, just the same old, same old Groundhog Day. I, get, I got my manna today. I'm doing this. People say, I'm bored. I'm going to tell you why you're bored. Because you're in the wilderness. It's boring out there. Going in circles is boring. Why wouldn't it be more powerful? We got the Son of God. And the fullness of the gospel that not only is for the Jew, but it's always going to be for the Gentiles too. See how the Spirit gift, Holy Spirit gift, I want to make that distinction, was visibly given to men at that time. Yahshua was begotten by that Holy Spirit power upon Mary. And Yahshua, listen, you can foam at the mouth, but he was created. 
People call that heresy when I say he didn't pre-exist. Well, the Bible says he didn't. And I know it's a beautiful Christmas story. And I know, I, I know, I know, I know. But let me tell you what it does. It robs people from the only opportunity they have to get a well done. Because he was the first. The Holy Spirit, by hit, the power of the Holy Spirit, performed that miraculous thing that she needed and caused her to be impregnated by the Word of God. Now, the Word was in the beginning, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word, what are you talking about? It's that spoken Word. It's that Word of God that, 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 that's been spoken forth. That existed. Yeshua was the physical result and the fruit of that Word being spoken. And so here He is in the belly. He was conceived. Conceived, you know what that means? By the Holy Spirit's power, gift to a woman to empower her to, to birth the Son of God, not God the Son. And so we have Yeshua being begotten by the power of the Holy Spirit. But listen to this. And we're going to make this distinction. The Spirit of God upon Mary, upon her. David did great things, but the Spirit was upon. There's a difference between that Spirit of God being upon you and having that gift of Spirit giving to you. And he received this inflowing of spirit from his father. Listen to this. He didn't have, he had the spirit upon him, but also given in him, and it flowed through him. And the Bible says it was without measure. Whoa. Can I tell you something? I almost taught on this today, but man, Yahweh just took me right to this, and I may talk about it later. I was reading Mark 6, I think it was, maybe it was Mark 8. Because a guy, a guy said something to me about Yeshua was God, you know. I said, well, does, does, can God do anything? Yes. Can God, does God know everything? He said, yeah. I said, well, he don't know when he's coming back, so what does that mean? So I, I gave, went through my little spiel there. And I said this. He said, I, he, I said, could he do anything? He said, yes. I said, well, I've read Mark 6 or 8, whichever it was, where it says, and he could do nothing in that city. It wasn't that he wouldn't do nothing. Yeshua could do nothing. In that city. And I was like, and that just thing kind of got big in me, and it kind of went on from there. But this thing, this gifting, this Holy Spirit gift that he received, he caused him because he was the messenger of the covenant to Israel. Don't you know that if you're going to walk in the door, and you're going to rise up and say, guess what? I'm the Son of God. Guess what? I'm the Messiah. Guess what? What you're preaching is no longer good. You need some power of God. I mean, you talked to your own relatives before about some of this stuff, haven't you? How many of you know y'all need the power, y'all need the gift of the Spirit, man, because you talk, look at them, they're like, well, you have lost your fool mind. What are you talking about? Who you been listening to? Y'all know. Think about what he had to do. And he began his work with this quotation from Isaiah. He quoted it. And this is why I'm kind of setting y'all up for this. About you can't just take a scripture that's prophesied or refers to somebody else and just assume, well, that's me too. That's mine. Every promise in the book is mine. Not if it was promised to somebody else, it's not. Can y'all hear me? So when you have this manifestation of God, he said this. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me. To preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the broken heart, to them that are bruised, to set at liberty, to recover sight of the blind, and set the captives free, and to preach the year of Jubilee. 
I wrote the song. That's how I can remember it so good. So I'm up there singing. For the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. <laughs> no, it ain't. It's upon him. Now, I can get in my place and get it, but there ain't no sovereign, separated, well, I'm anointed to God. Oh, no, you ain't. Well, I got the power of the Holy Ghost. Hmm. Well, God did use a jackass before, so you might qualify for that. He said he used rocks. He said he, and he, we know he used a rooster. So if you're happy about that line and proud of it, get in it. And he quoted that. This is Luke 4, 18, 21. And it's the story of him getting in the temple and they let him, they, they let him get up and talk. They were crazy. They let him get up and talk. Guess what did he open right there? And he said, guess what? Spirit of the Lord's palm in. And then he said this. He shut the book and he said, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ear, in your ears. And I got one Hebrew word for that, or two, great, three, great, big, kaholas. <laughs> Let them swing. Think about it. Dude, what do you say? What do you say? Probably some of those guys like some of us in here, they, what do you say? He said, this day is fulfilled. Then the 12 received the Holy Spirit gift or appeared when sent out by their master. Okay, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to send you out there. I'm going to send you out to preach. I'm going to get you out there. I'm going to send you out there to heal the sick. I'm going I'm to have you cast out mental disorders, demons. You in there, you lying devil. No. We have mental disorders, what they had then. We don't get, I don't get into that. Good teaching on it. Look it up. These 12 received a Holy Spirit gift for a specific time when he sent them out. To represent, not substitute, but to represent him. And they went out. And in Luke chapter 9, verses 1 and 2, Then he called his twelve disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. That's pretty good stuff right there. Wouldn't it be great for you to say, okay, which is easier to say? What we're teaching you about the God, true gospel or your cancer's gone. Your cancer's gone. And they get healed. To me, I think, I always thought that would really awaken somebody. I'm not sure if it does or not, because the awakening has to come if, God, if the Father draws them or not. But you hear my point? Here they were. If you're going to get up and say like Yahshua did, he needed some power behind him to say, Hey, it, what, can I forgive sins? Which is easier, to do that or to heal you? Oh, wait. It confirmed with signs and wonders what they were preaching. And they weren't preaching Jesus dying on the cross. You hear me? They were preaching the kingdom of God. I dare you to find somewhere where they're preaching dying on the cross. They didn't. He preached the gospel message, told them how to be saved without one time talking about that. Is that important? Oh, absolutely. That's after the facts. Those are those things concerning Yahshua the Bible talks about. But that's not that ain't the gospel. After the resurrection, we come to this great outpouring of the Spirit on the day of Pentecost. And the character and extent of that outpouring was remarkable. It was initiated by the sound of a mighty rushing wind and cloven tongues of the fire. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled. It was such a powerful thing that they had received because they had to continue the work. Those 12 men had to continue the work after Yahshua left 
for a period of time, and they were given that same power. Listen to this. The man, you remember what I say, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. And the name, you know, rise up and walk. And he went walking, leaping, and praising God. Lame since birth. And those disciples. It, it was so powerful. That gift of the Holy Spirit was so powerful for that time designated for the purpose of God. For the purpose of God. For the purpose of God. Y'all hear what I'm saying? For the purpose of God. What happened is Peter's shadow would heal people. And I know people that I've grown up with all my life and been in ministry with all my life, they want that kind of power. Let me tell you why they want it. Because they'd be popular as hell. Y'all hear me? They want that. I want so guess what they'll do? I can prove it to you. They'll have miracle crusades. I said, would y'all at least wait till there's a miracle before you call it that? Just one. Just one proven miracle. Look, okay, well, I tell you what, she had this thing. Doctors didn't see it, but they knew it was in there, and it disappeared. We took an x-ray of it, and it's gone. How about somebody walking, leaping, and praising God? Now, I, I want to tell you, this is the truth. I was at a church one time, and there was this guy, and he was, there, was a, there was a crippled guy there, and he laid hands on him and said, man, you're healed. Now, now don't, I'm not, I believe in miracles. Don't get me wrong. And the guy couldn't walk, and he got two ushers to grab that poor man, and he got that guy and they drug him all over the church. His, hand, his feet back here, both of them back. And they're just dragging him across. The, Rock, walk, walk, I command you. Are you, in the, well, you, what, you don't have enough faith? What are you doing? Rise up. No, I'll tell you what. You didn't have the gift of the Holy Spirit. I'm working on y'all. I'm, I'm setting you up. I'm getting to the core beliefs of what we've done that have discredited our God in our minds and our life that we don't trust him. Well, what if it's not working? What if it's not happening? I'm getting you out of the wilderness, baby. Get on the bus. We're leaving in a little while. Sound of sudden, you know, I'm, I'm listening for it. I, would, I always want that sound of mighty rushing wind. Really? But why? What's the real motive? Why do we really want power like that? Same reason everybody else wants power, and it's ungodly. God's changing us mor morally first. Morally first, changing our character first, then physically. Listen to this. Man, this, they had all kind of stuff happening. I'm telling you, you're talking about a revival. Acts 5.14. They brought forth the sick into the streets, laid them on beds and couches, that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about Jerusalem, bringing sick, folk, sick folks and them which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed every one. Oh, I ain't seen that. I ain't seen one of them. And I've been to, I've been to revivals, and I can call names right now of some of the biggest faith healers that I personally have known. They ain't got diddly squat. They are all healed, and they ain't healed. Matter of fact, I've seen them leave the real sick ones in the wings. Boy, this, what about this guy in a wheelchair, and he got that machine on, and he's, he's all crippled into form. Slide you to the back because they don't have the gift of the Holy Spirit. Just say it. Well, they send you some money anyhow. Just say it. And believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes, both of men and women. We know that miracles are an integral part of the manifestation of the Spirit, of who God is. It's a miracle. He's a miracle God. He, you know, that's why I say it bothers me when people pray, you know, will you pray for the guiding of the, of the surgeon's hands? I get that. I'm, if I'm going to have surgery, I want God to guide their hands too. But it seems like that, you know, to me it's just, it's hard to wrap my mind around. If we're going to pray ask God to do something, why don't we just ask him to go ahead and heal us? You'll kind of see what I'm saying. 
And I understand, listen, I've had procedures. The Spirit, as in the time of Moses, this essential work of the Spirit was to provide teaching and wisdom for the needs and the times that they were living in. And that it was necessary for the authoritative preaching of salvation through the new covenant. They were having to come in there and supersede the law of Moses. And the miracles were doing what? We're declaring the good news that our God is good. And he wants what's good and best for you. What a great message. And it established the credentials of the apostles in the eyes of men and women who are devoted to the word of God under Mosaic Covenant. What time is it? It's 12 o'clock. I'm going to stop there. Amen. Okay, you're welcome. God bless y'all. I thought somebody say, thank God.